0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Barbecue and Curry. My name is Ty, and we are back with our weekly golf preview. Well, it's only our second week, but we hope hopefully we can keep it going until the end of the golf season. Now, before we jump into this week's tournament, let's have let's take a slight look back. The last week, the Arnold Palmer Invitational phenomenal tournament, uh Scotty Scheffler c- comes from way back in the field uh on on a Saturday and wins it at 5 under. On Sunday, which, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I love those greedy golf tournaments where a par on any hole is a good, is a good, is good is good enough. I love those tournaments. Uh, the Birdie Fest, they're fun to watch occasionally, but not for me. I'm not the biggest fan of, of Birdie Fest. The API sometimes gets a little too penal, where you can you can hit a good shot and still be penalized for it. So I'm not the biggest fan of that. Uh, but, but all in all, it was a great watch. It was tight. All the way down to the 72nd hole, in and, and my opinion, was a great watch. And, and, and API, that course is beautiful. Bay Hill, it, it's always a scenic course, in my opinion. And we are like, we keep it going with golf in Florida here. The Players' Championship, played at TPC Sawgrass, uh, 7,200 yards, $20 million purse, the largest purse in all of golf. Defending champion Justin Thomas is back, unlike Bryson DeChambeau, who didn't defend last week. Um, let's get right into the field, man. Um, before I get into the players that I like from each uh well, each 10k, 9k, 8k, and 7k range, a little about the course. You can score here, but there's water everywhere. Uh, this course was designed by Pete Dye. He Pete Dye is known to really fuck with your perception of a golf course. A lot of false fronts. A lot of trees obstruct. Uh, you, you gotta hit, hit a lot of draws around certain objects. And with certain pinhole locations, it's better to go for the safer shot. Accuracy off the tee is always a good thing here. Because if you are accurate off the tee, you have the, you have the green light to attack that pinhole. But if you're wayward and you're in that rough, yeah, it it's tough days all around. It's tough days all around. If If you miss... If you're inaccurate off the tee, a par is amazing. A par is a gift from God. There there are three par fives on this course. I'm sorry, there's four four par fives on on this course. You have to score on those par fives. They're the easiest holes on the course. You have to take full advantage of them. Uh, That being said, let's jump right in into our uh, DraftKings ranges and who we like from each range. Now, the 10K and above range. Again, these guys are 10K and above because they can win the whole damn thing. My my favorite, and he's gonna be here every week as long as he plays. I I don't know how I don't like John Rahm. Even like it's a short game that, that's setting him down. Even last week at the Arnold Palmer, like he lost four strokes putting. He lost one one point three around the green, but he was seventeenth in the field. He finished seventeenth. He gained four and a half off the tee. He gained seven off of his irons. It's a he's a premium ball striker, and we know how volatile putting can be. He flips that putter around. I mean, if he goes from three point nine to point nine, like you know, where he, he doesn't lose fucking he, three strokes, it's a top ten finish. And and if he has a good putting week, he's contending. He's probably winning. John Rahm is the best golfer in the world. Make no mistake about it. Um, and do, will I play him? I don't know. Uh, but doesn't but he's definitely in contention. And if John Rahm wins this week, I would not be surprised. He's he is the number one golfer in the uh, in the field. Let me have a quick look at his player's history. I mean, look at this. Look at this. He's got better every year. Uh, in 2017, he finished he finished 72nd. In 2018, he finished 663rd. In 2019, he finished 12th. And in 2021, he finished 9th. He's gained strokes off the TNN approach. All these years, even the years in which he finished seventy second and sixty third, it's just that in those years he lost strokes putting. And John Rahm apparently has seemed to figure it out figure out these greens. I mean, he's John Rahm, best player in the world. If he wins, would not be shocked. Am I playing him? I do not know yet. I, if I'm being honest, I don't know what my lineup construction is gonna be. Uh, my my final lineup will be out on Twitter on uh, at Dame Jackson. Uh, but. As of right now, from up here, John Rom is my favorite place. Now, a second name Defending champion, Justin Thomas. Elite, elite iron player. Coming in with great form. Uh, just a recap his last five starts third at the Mayakoba, fifth at the Century, 20th at the Farmers, eighth at the Phoenix, sixth at the Genesis. He is an elite iron player, and when, his, and when his putter is working, he's in contention. That's how it. Uh, that's how it is with, with JT generally. And I didn't say that with John Rahm, because John Rahm is n- generally a good putter. He's good. Rahm means he's a good putter. He's just going through a bad patch. Justin Thomas is notoriously a bad putter who has some good spikes, uh, some spike weeks. Like, for example, at the Players last year, in which he won... <laughs> Justin Thomas won the players and only gained 1.6 strokes putting. That's it. He gained 1.6. He gained six and a half strokes with his irons, three and a half uh, off the tee. It, it's what he does. He's an elite player, and when he has a subpar putting week, which is what 1.6 putting strokes gained is, a subpar putting week, he can win tournaments. Um, And the, the last guy I'm going to mention along those lines who's who basically identical Colin Morikawa I can tell you, I can take what I for JT and just say for Morikawa on a course where you got to put it in the fairway and be great with your irons there's no one in the world better at it than Colin Morikawa and funny enough Colin Morikawa his last 3 weeks his last 3 starts at least it's plus putting weeks he gained 3.8 at the CJ Cup. 0.4 at the Sentry. And 6.8 at Genesis, where he finished second. He's also coming on the back of four four top tens. Uh, his worst being the seventh at the Zozo. Um, again, he's just playing well. Colin Morikawa is my, is the third name on my list here. And I probably won't play him. In fact, if I'm playing one, I'm probably playing wrong. If I'm playing two up here, which is very unlikely. I'm stacking... Rom and uh, JT, uh, but Colin Morikawa is going to be popular, rightfully so. And again, on a course where you got to put it in the fairway and just dial in your irons, very few people can do it better than Colin Morikawa in this world. Now, the three guys that I mentioned, and generally anybody you above 10K, they can win in all conditions and no matter what's going on. That's why they're they're the best of the best. They're the elite of the elite. Now. The forecasted weather conditions for this players' tournament is not good. We're expecting rain on Thursday, Friday, Saturday uh, with gusts, I believe, of 10 to 15. And on Sunday, we're expecting gusts of about 20 miles an hour with no, with no chance of rain. Now, weather can obviously change. We know this. Everything, everything can get pushed up a day and pushed back a day. Uh But right now, the forecast I'm looking at, that's what it is. So, with my DraftKings build, I'm looking for players who play well under these conditions. Like, it's not the only thing I'm looking at. I'm looking at a lot of other things. But it's something I'm taking into consideration that I otherwise wouldn't. Now, that being said, this is a Pete die course. We're expecting tough conditions. And if you ask me before, with no odds concerned... No ownership concern. Ty, who's winning the Players' Championship? My answer to that is Patrick Canley. At 9,900 on DraftKings, Patrick Canley, is my answer. I think, he, I think he comes out and wins the Players' Championship. Patrick Canley has been playing some exceptional golf. E- truly exceptional. Great with the flat stick, good with the irons, good off the tee, and he's a peak die specialist. Last 50 rounds. If we go uh, just Windy AF, right, is the is the uh, filter I'm putting in. Windy AF, last 50 rounds, Patrick Cantlay comes in sixth. And if we go last 50 rounds, just off of P. Die courses, Patrick Cantlay comes in second. He's my favorite player this week. I don't know what my lineup build is going to be, but one thing I can guarantee you is I'm playing this man. I could fade the top, the 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 10K region and play a bunch of guys on here, down here, or I could play one up top and one and one Patrick Canley and then work work from there. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm telling you right now, Patrick Canley is going to be my lineup, guaranteed. He's also going to be be my be, be my one and done. I've already bet him at 22 to one. I love Patrick Canley this week. He is my favorite play. His history of the players. Let's have a quick look. It. I I don't think it is the greatest. There we go. It's not. Uh, he two miscuts in twenty twenty one, twenty nineteen, and before that it was it was a twenty second and a twenty third. This is this is Florida golf. One ball in the water, everything changes, and that is just the way it is. But I, with the way he's been playing recently, I love Patrick Cantley's chances to, to to lift that trophy come Sunday, or maybe maybe come Monday because it, it it might get pushed back. But yes. He is my favorite play, and again, he he's who I, who I believe will lift will lift that trophy. Now, staying in the nine K range, I, in my opinion, and I think I think this is a mispricing. Dustin Johnson, ninety eight hundred. He he missed the cut at the Genesis, right? He played well at the Farmers. I just and I get it. He's not coming in with a lot of good form, and I get that. I get it. But this is Dustin Johnson. Are we really putting it past him to flip a switch? And for bl- less than 10K... I, listen, I don't know how I don't start my lineups. Can't, Patrick Cannelly, Dustin Johnson. Like It's going to be very hard for me not to do that. Patrick Cannelly, Dustin Johnson. is gonna, like, I, I feel that's how I'm going to start a lot of my lineups here. I, I don't know yet, but... I'm definitely trending that way. When I uh, when I go again, Wendy windy AF, uh, last fifty rounds, Dustin Johnson comes in second. And then when I go with Pete Dye last fifty rounds, Dustin Johnson leads the way. He most strokes gained, Dustin Johnson, and second is Patrick Cantley. Again, he's I I can't put it past him to flip a switch and just be like, all right, let's go. I just can't. It's Dustin Johnson, guys. His history of the players, I believe, is exceptional. Oh, yeah. He hasn't missed a cut since 2014, and I only have for 2014 and onwards, and he has not missed a cut. 48, 2020, 2021. 5th, 2019. Obviously, 2020 they didn't complete it. COVID happened. They stopped mid-tournament, if you guys remember that. Uh, seventeenth In 2018, he finished 17th. 2017 he finished 12th, 2016 he finished 28th. so on and so forth. No miscuts, great off the tee as we know DJ can't DJ is, his irons. He had a bad iron uh, week last week uh, last year, where he he, he lost four strokes uh, with his irons, but then he gained nine nine point six strokes in 2019. Again, I think the upside with DJ is ridiculous and. From what I'm looking at right now, he is coming in low-owned. A low-owned Dustin Johnson on a Pete Dye course? I need all of it, and then some. Give me Dustin Johnson. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Now, my last, uh, the, the last thing I'm, I'm going to bring up in this 9K range is the man of the moment. How, how do you not? The man of the moment. The man who has won twice in his last three starts. Scotty fucking Scheffler. I mean, what can you say about this dude that has already been said? Like, we knew when he won in Phoenix, the floodgates might be open. And shit, man, the way he played and he came back at the, at the Arnold Palmer Rotational, the floodgates might have been open. That flat stick is working to perfection. He gained 8.1 strokes at the Arnold Palmer, which is, and that's where he won it. Like, his iron play was sensational. And he was making some long as push to save par. It, it. He lost. He lost point four strokes off the tee, which I think everyone lost strokes off the tee <laughs> at the uh, at the uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational because of how thick that rough is and how i with the wind howling. If is he gonna win again? I I don't know. I, which how, with how much I love Cantlay and DJ, I don't know. I don't know if I play a Scotty. but with, with the run Scotty's on, man, I don't know. He's he is establishing himself as a part of the of the elite crew. He truly is. He's because we know Morikawa and Victor Hovland are part of the elite crew. Actually, actually, I don't know if Victor is. If I'm being honest with you. We know Morikawa is. Morikawa's up there with your ROMs, your JTs, and your Cantlays. I don't know if if uh, Victor's there yet because he hasn't he hasn't won yet, at least on American Soul. So. It's it's hard to put him there, but Scotty, man, he is making his way there. Two wins already, and not these aren't just schmuck tournaments. He, it's not like he went out and won the RSM Classic. He won the Phoenix and the Arnold Palmer Invitational. These are big tournaments. Um, and yeah, like it's hard to it's, it, if anyone says I'm, I think I think Scotty is gonna win it. It's hard to argue with him. And we and we've seen when when conditions get tough, Scotty plays exceptionally well. When that wind picks up, Scotty hits that low zinger that just cuts through it. So like Scotty Shefferman, man, bad dude. That's a bad dude. And if he wins, it'll probably cost me money, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. Now moving on to the 8K range. You know I'm not gonna lie. The guys I have lined up here to talk about, there's three guys. Two of them are just tough condition like, extraordinaires. And we're going to lead off with a guy who we expect to win in Florida, Daniel Berger. Uh, we all remember uh, Daniel Berger, again, barring that Phoenix Open, which he played hurt, has been in exceptional form. Uh, finished 20th at the Farmers, and that's where he got hurt. He got that little injury. He skipped the tournament, uh, played the Phoenix, missed the cub there because he still played hurt, and came out on the Honda and Thursday through Saturday, almost blew the field apart. And he went into Sunday with what a four-stroke lead, I believe, or four or five-stroke lead. And then we we know what happened on Sunday. Uh, he, he he gave it back and he finished fourth. And but still, considering how bad his Sunday was, he still gained four point six strokes on approach, two point two strokes off the tee, and three point three around the green. Daniel Berger could quite easily win the uh, win the Players Championship if if his flat stick is working for him. He gained he gained two point three strokes putting. He had a horrendous horrendous Sunday. That's what happened, Daniel Berger. Uh, but not nah, man, he's a great player. Let me check his record of the players real quick. What where are we? Where are we? The players. Let me see. What have you done? I mean, again. He hasn't missed a cut since 2016. Ninth in 2016, 65th in 2017, 57th in 2018, 67th in 2019 and 9th last year. Not the greatest record, but there there are two top 10s in there. His he hasn't seemed to figure out the putter yet at TBC Sawgrass. He had a good putting week in 2016, but besides that, it's not been impressive here. That but that being said, we we spoke I spoke about it earlier with John Rahm. Putting is volatile. It is the most volatile of golf s- statistics. So if he all of a sudden figures out his putter, which I would not be surprised, because he generally puts well on Bermuda and Poa, but you know Poa is his best surface. But he doesn't. He's not a bad putter on Bermuda either. He's gonna be great. And when it gets windy, when conditions get tough, and it gets windy, Daniel Berger is third in the field in the last 15 rounds. Actually, he's tied for second. He's tied with with Dustin Johnson. It's even strokes gained. And let me have a look at Pete Dye Courses. Where's my boy at? On Pete Dye Courses, the last 50 rounds. Burger's 25th. It's not great, but it's not bad. He's second on approach. He's just been bad off the tee. He's second on approach on Pete Dye Courses over the last 50 rounds. He's just been bad... He's 69th off the tee and he's 109th around the green. That may that that, that may be a little concerning, like because when you're up here and you're and you're building your lineups, you're looking for little things. And for me, one thing is I'm looking at the ownership projections right now, and I believe Daniel Berger is projected to be the highest owned. Yes, Daniel Berger is projected to be the highest owned, at 16.7 percent. Um. And there's a millionaire maker this week. I feel like it's a name that a lot of casuals know. It could be up to 20%. Uh, but yes, when you're, when you're up here and you're nitpicking, these are the things you nitpick. And Daniel Berger, as well as he is, and again, if he wins, he plays well on difficult, difficult courses. He plays well on it's Windy. I would not be surprised if Berger wins. Uh, but because of the ownership and because of his not-as-proficient record on P-Dye courses, as some of the other guys I have lined up are, I don't think I'll go to him. But again, he is a very good play. I'm just nitpicking here. Now, my second play in this 8K range is Shane Lowry. When, when I looked at the weather conditions for uh, the players, because it, it was, you know, the golf community on Twitter, like we were talking about it, and then I saw the conditions, and my mind automatically said, Oh shit! We got to bet Shane Lowry, and bet Shane Lowry is what I did at fifty to one. <laughs> I was a little late on it because when the news originally came out, it got it got bed down because I I saw some tickets out there at sixty six, so I I went in and got me some Shane at fifty. When it, when things get windy, when things get difficult, you want Shane Lowry. For example, last week at the Honda, Shane Lowry at the Honda, and again, when he says that he got robbed that tournament, you know, because he had to play those shots in the rain and Straka didn't. He does come off sounding like sounding like a little bitch. But he didn't have to say it. We would have said it for him. Because we agree. I mean, it it is what it is. It's That's how the cookie crumbles. But, I mean, it was an unfair draw for for Shane. Because Straka hit his iron shot and his tee shot before the rain got there. But then we had, when he had hit his, the rain was already there. So, it's... It's tough to say, really, really is. But again, when things get difficult, I love me some Shane Lowry. Good with his irons, he's always good with his irons. Can he can he keep it in the fairway? And how's the stick doing? That's how. That's the conversation with uh, Shane Lowry. Can he keep it in the fairway? How's the stick doing? Because the irons will always be there. At the Honda, where he where he came second, he gained seven strokes on approach, four strokes off the tee, gained four with his putter, and that's why he came second. Should have come first, but shoulda, woulda, coulda. We're not here to talk about that. As, how is this history of the players? Let I me mean, have a quick look. Oh, there we go. It's a mix. Over the last six years, there's three missed cuts, and there's three, well, made cuts. Last year, he finished eighth, miscut. cut uh, before that. He finished 46th, miscut. cut before that. He finished 16th, miscut. cut before that. If the trend continues, we are on pace for another miscut. cut. I... <laughs> I don't know. If, <laughs> not a good look for somebody who, who's already bet Shane Lowry, and I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, but again, I'm not gonna take that too seriously. Uh, I'm cause Shane, again with with the way the weather's trending. Because again, if you look at windy AF conditions, Shane over oh, oh, the last 50 rounds, Shane Lowry ranks number one in the field. He is number one in the field when things get to, when things get super windy. And on p Die courses... Shane, buddy, where are you? Where are you, Shane? Let me have a quick look. 36th. He's not really bad in, in any category. He's 35th, 35th off the tee. 10th around the green. I guess he's 50th in approach. But I I do like Shane. Because he's, he's in the 8K range, but he's flat 8K. So... I do, I do like it. He's cheap, and for that price, and with these conditions, he has genuine winning upside. And if you can, if you can find yourself a winner at 8K, I, I think you got to play him. Now, my last play in the 8K range, and probably my favorite. He wasn't initially, but then I saw his price, and I said, "How is he not my favorite?" Brooks Capco. Brooks Capco, man. Brooks Kapka is 8600. And I get it with Brooks. I do. Like, you know, you he he's a big game hunter. He plays well in tournaments. He wants to play well. That's a notion at least. How I mean this this is a big game. It's, it's the largest person in golf. He came third at the Phoenix. Of course, as we we know he plays well. Missed the cut at the Genesis. And then 16th at the Honda. And the, it's it's the Honda. Because Florida Golf is, is its own beast. And his only play finish, his only, only time he's played Florida Golf this year was the Honda. And he he played really well. Two strokes off the tee, 3.3 strokes on approach. He lost half a stroke with the flat stick. But again, we know uh kept putter can get hot. He he, he putts well on Bermuda. And Brooks kept, can win tournaments. We, I, I don't have to. You know that. Multiple major winner. His history of the players. Let's have a look. 2019, 56th. 2018, 11th. 2017, 16th. 2016, 35th. He missed a cut in 2015. And he's played well all these years. Like, again, in Florida golf, you put a couple of balls in the water and it's a wrap. And that's like it's happened to a lot of players. Like Paul Casey last year, everybody, everybody was on him. He put a couple of balls in the water, and bam, had no chance of making the cut. It's just the way it is. It's tough. But I can look past it. I really can't. P. Dye courses where does Brooks see? Oh, there he is, fourth. P. Dye courses last 15 rounds, Brooks is fourth in the field. Love to see it. Love to see it. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, let's see. Windy A.F., if I go windy AF, where, where does Brooks land? Eh, that is not good. That is not a good look. I may have to give this some some uh revaluation. He's 104th in the field. That is not a good look. Oh shit. <sighs> okay. Okay. It's gonna have if he's over t- if he's predicted over 10%. And that's how he plays in the wind. I don't know if I can't play him. I'm not going to lie to you. What's his projected ownership? 12.8. Ah, That's... I like Brooks. Everything. And again, it's... If I fade Brooks because of the wind, and the wind... It's the weather. We know how the weather can change. And it's Florida as well. And it gets pushed back a day. And it's not windy when Brooks is playing and he goes out and fucking wins this thing. I'm going to be livid with myself. Livid. It's a a decision I'll have to make. And again, you you guys will know what my decision is. Because I post my my lineups on Twitter. At Dame Jackson. D-A-M-E-J-A-C-K-S-O-N. Ah, man. That's mm, that's going to be a little annoying. Uh, But I will make my decision soon. Now. Going into the seven K range, I mentioned his name briefly earlier. Paul Casey. Paul Casey is mispriced for every fucking major. He, he really is. I don't know how they do this every year. They put him in a seven K range and he's fucking thirty percent owned. I, I I just don't know how he as a case. But when he's at this price, I don't know how you don't play him. Like it if your lineup is chalky up top. Or you playing a bunch of popular guys? Don't play Paul Casey. Just don't do it, uh, because then you you're gonna be chopping lineups with everybody else. But if you're kind of different somewhere else in your lineup, like maybe you fade Burger, maybe you fade. Actually, who who's, who are the most the most popular popular guys projection wise? Morikawa, J- Justin Thomas, Fitzpatrick. If you fade those guys. Then maybe you can come to play Paul Casey. Try that Paul Casey's not on this list. Where is Paul Casey? Okay, the predicted ownership for Paul Casey is ten percent. That is false. <laughs> that is so false. Uh I, I, I feel that's gonna be double that in my opinion. Um but yes, Paul Casey is a great fit, man. It's Florida golf. Paul Casey's great with his irons and it's a flat stick. If can Paul Casey putt well that, that week. It's 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 quite honestly one of those. If he can putt well, he plays well. He any he, any he finishes well. And the players, how was he done? He came fifth last year, missed the cut before that. Twenty second, twenty third, missed the cut, and then a tenth. He plays well here. In twenty nineteen, where he I, I mentioned, he put two balls in the water. It was a wrap. He lost five strokes on approach. That's what that was. That is what that was. Paul, Paul Casey doesn't generally lose strokes off approach, let, let alone five strokes. So that, on top of losing five strokes on approach, he also lost another five with the putter. So that definitely helped nobody. But again, this is Paul Casey. Because in 2021, when they came back, he gained four and a half on approach and he gained five with his putter, which is how he finished fifth. It's again, can you make a few putts? Because barring some ridiculous, you know, gust of wind, I can guarantee you Paul Casey's going to be a positive iron player for the week. And you know, if you're looking for somewhat of a free square, he's as close to it as there is, in my opinion. He, j- you don't play Mampoa. On bent, he's he's slightly positive, and on Bermuda, he's about even to the field. As far as putting goes. And we're playing on a we're playing on Bermuda. He's he's from that DP tour, from that European tour. Therefore, they're used to tough conditions. Same as Shane Lowry. If we look at P. Pete us no, sorry, this is a windy AF. Where is Paul Casey? Paul Casey, twenty sixth. Again, he's twenty sixth. I'm total strokes game because he can't. (laughs) He's bad around the greens and can't make a putt, but his irons are good. His off tee is good. If I go to Pete Dye courses, where does Paul Casey land? He's eight. He does a lot of things well, and again, he's eight while being ninety eighth in putting. Just keep that in mind, real quick, guys. Eight while being ninety eighth in putting. Uh, (laughs) Paul Casey, man, it's it's what he does. It's truly what he does. Ha! Huh. Alright, moving on. To probably the most popular guy from this range. It's him it's him and Paul Casey. But with how he's been playing it, I think I think it might be him apparently. Matthew Fitzpatrick. Matthew Fitzpatrick has been playing great. And again, another one of those guys. When things get tough, he plays better. Over the last three weeks, he has he's he's at last four weeks, he's skipped one tournament. Last four weeks, he's at three top tens. He didn't play the Honda, but finished sixth at Pebble, tenth at Phoenix, ninth at API the Arnold Palmer Invitational. He's a great putter on Bermuda, exceptionally an exceptional player when it when it gets windy AF. Just a safe player, man. Just again, there's there's not there's not a lot of, not a lot of guarantees in golf, but it's like almost a guaranteed top ten with with, with Fitzy, the way he's playing, isn't it? This is almost a guaranteed top 10. Uh, on P. die Courses, Matthew Fitzpatrick, where are you at? 23rd. Apparently, oh, interesting. Fitzpatrick, apparently, not the greatest with his irons. On P. die Courses, which is something I like to look at. Yeah, all that 50 rounds with Fitzpatrick. On on P. die Courses, not that good with his irons. Because that... because. Pete uh, P. Dye is known for those false fronts and those tough pinhole locations. So that's that's very interesting in my opinion. Alright, keep that in mind. And now let's look at, at windy AF conditions. Matthew Fitzpatrick. 36th. Again. Again, these irons are popping up. What is up with that? Because he's he's generally decent with his irons. Alright. Um might be something to look at. He will be popular because he plays well in these conditions generally. Um let's see, let's see what he's on the players before this. Okay. Two miscuts in 2016-2017, but his last three appearances, 18, 19, and 21, uh it's upward trending. 18 46, 19, 41, and last year he finished ninth. And that's why losing a stroke with his irons, but he is gaining with that putter, man. He's a phenomenal putter on these means. He's gained three point three strokes putting the last two years. Well, the last two tournaments he's played, he's played this. He is gaining with that putter. But again, I don't see myself playing Fitzy. This is probably why. Just don't trust a guy who's who's. Really, I, it's hard to trust somebody who relies a lot on his putter. It truly is. But he is not a bad play. He will be popular though, because he because of how well he plays in these conditions, and how he however he does it, he's grinding out these made cuts, which is kind of what you want. Because when you when you start going to seven k and six k, you need your guy to just make the fucking weekend. I'll leave my winning equity up top. Just make the weekend, and as far as making cuts and making weekends go, Matthew Fitzpatrick does it better than anybody else in this region. Now, somebody I am so excited to talk about, Sam Burns. I brought him up last week, and I said if he were to turn things around and win this thing, don't be surprised. You know what? He doesn't. He didn't win. I'll, tell, I'll give you that because he's been playing poorly before that. But boy, did he turn around! Gained .7 with his with his uh iron with his sorry with his driver right at, at the Arnold Palmer. Gained four. On approach and gain six on putting. Those That's those pipe putting weeks. Keeping in the fairway. Good with your irons. Sam Burns, man. Now, this is going to go against what I said just literally a minute ago. About looking for cut makers down here. But if you have a safe lineup up top and, you need to, and you're trying to get another guy who can possibly win this thing down here... Sam is your guy. Sam is your guy, because again, he could very well go out and have a horrendous day, miss the cut altogether. I would not be shocked if Sam mr missed the cut, but his winning upside is higher than a lot of some, a lot of seven K players, and th- this guy included. Um, he—it's what he does. He, hes won on tour before. He has two wins, the, on, on the Sport and Sanderson Farms both Bermuda courses so we know he can like his putting up in Bermuda is his is his best service. I wouldn't mind me some Sam Burns. Do I go to him here? Does my build allow me to get to him? I don't know yet. Um but again, we'll see his history of the players real quick. What do you got for me, buddy? What do you got for me? Okay, he's only played him once, which was last year. And we figured how, how young Sam Burns is. He's played it once and he's missed a cut. So, but again, miscut of the players, I'm not too concerned about it, especially if it's only one. I'm not concerned about it whatsoever. Now, let's let's go into our filters. Pete Dycours's Sam Burns, where you at? 36th. N- no problems with it. No problems with it. And on what is this? The Windy AF, I believe. Oh, that's a problem. That is definitely a problem. 122nd. Again, it's that weather thing. If if, if not playing him because of the wind, and the wind gets pushed back a day, and then he goes on and storms the field. Again, I'm going to be living. Because I like I like some sand burns. Dude's a, dude's a good guy. He's an easy guy to root for, as far as golf goes, you know? But again, it is what it is. And the last name of the 7K range... It's Keegan Bradley, as you know. I don't think I think Keegan six K, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, Keegan is sixty nine. Sorry, guys. I will have, have a little bit of a cold, so if you can hear it out, I, I do apologize. A little bit of the sniffles, but you know, I, got, I gotta get the content out for you guys. But yes, Keegan Bradley, ball striking extraordinaire. He's a worse putter than I am, but ball striking extraordinaire. At the Arnold Palmer. He, You know, right as I say it, I look at his Arnold Palmer stat line. (laughs) He gained three strokes off the tee. Lost .3 with with, with, with his irons. Which, for Keegan, losing even a fraction of a stroke is a lot. Because it doesn't happen very often. Uh, But then he he gains 3.7 with his putter. Wow. Just wow. If he could have got that literally any other week, he could have probably won a tournament. Keegan is... I mean, again, ball striking extraordinary, and because of that, I feel like in these tough tournaments, Keegan does generally does well. He's like a Paul Casey of sorts. Like, how was his record here in the Players? Players, again, again, good God, man, exceptional, truly exceptional. Um, the the his he his last five times he's played, he's made the cut here. 29th, 16th, 7th, 60th, 35th. Three miscuts cuts before that. And again, two of them are just because the putter. Like he he just couldn't make a putt. Like and he he's gained strokes everywhere else. So and in 2012, if you're going way back, he he made the cut, came 35th. Again, for down here, you're just looking for a guy who can make a cut. He's made three in a row. I don't see why sorry, he's made five in a row. I don't see why not. Uh, there are far worse plays than Keegan Prattley down here. Now, we got to go with Francisco Molinari. How much is Molinari? I'm 6,800. 6, a guy I like a lot when things get tough. Put it in the fairway, hit a good iron shot. After he's finished the Amex, it's been a bit of a tough stretch with his irons, though. He lost three of the Genesis, forty-three of the Phoenix, one point six of the Farmers, and the one that concerns me is with Molinari. He hasn't played in Florida yet this year. He didn't play the Honda, nor did he play the API. He hasn't played any Florida golf, which is a concern for me. Uh, but generally, let's see how he's done the players. He's really done quite well. Missed cut last year, fifty-six before that missed cut again. And then he had a stretch in 17, 16 and 14 of a sixth, a seventh and a sixth. So we know he can do it. Just put the ball on the fairway, hit, hit a good iron shot, which is what Molinari does. If you look at our filtered conditions for windy, so for Pete Dye courses, Molinari's 51st, and that's purely because he's one of the worst putters on Pete Dye courses. He's 138th with I think like a 160 in the field, so he's one of the worst. And for windy AF conditions, Molinari is 56th. Now, obviously, we—he's in the 6K range for a reason, right? We're not expecting him to be phenomenal in, 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 in any of these filters, but he has a course history here. We know when, when you're down here in this range, you're looking for one particular thing, like one particular skill set. Does he do well at P-Dive courses? Does he have history? good history here? Because if he was better, if he, had, if he had multiple things that he could do at this level, he wouldn't be in the 6K range. He'd be higher. He'd be in the 7s or maybe even eighth. And if it, if it was the Molinari of four years ago, he would be 8,500, not 68. So we're looking for things that, like one skill set that, that they can do really well. If you can find two, then, then they're mispriced, and you roster them. But yeah, again, Molinari, I, they're far worse plays than Molinari down here. And now, the last thing I'm going to mention for the 6K range. Brian Harmon. P-dye courses, it gets windy. Bam. The one downside, Brian Harmon. Actually, it's not even a downside. I don't really care much about it, actually. I'm being honest. He's played one tournament in Florida, the Honda. Um, He missed the cut, but the missed cut came off of bad putting. Brian Harmon is not a bad putter. Uh, He he gained 1.4 off the tee, 1.3 on approach. Lost three point six with the flat stick. Good God, <laughs> good God, which is a shock for Brian Harmon. He's generally a very good putter. Uh, let's see what his history is of the players, real quick. There we go. Yeah, there it is. Finished third last year, eighth in twenty nineteen, missed a cut in twenty eighteen, and then it goes fifty third, fifty fourth, and eighth. He he plays well here, and good and he gained seven point three strokes putting last year. At the players. My, my, my. So we know he can figure out these greens. Again, put it in the fairway. Hit a good iron shot. That that, that sounds very Brian Harmon-esque. And that's what you got to do on this field. Let's see how he ranks up on these uh, other leaderboards that I have. With Pete Dye and the Windy AF. On the Pete Dye leaderboard, Brian Harmon is 11th. 11th, which is, oh, oh, that's great. Brian Harmon could be my play down here. Eleventh, and let me check up here for the windy AF. Where is that? There it is. All right, Harmon, sixty sixth. Not the greatest, but by far from the worst. He's he he gains a little bit everywhere. He doesn't gain a significant amount anywhere. Harmon could be could be my favorite play down here in the high six K range and probably in the entire six K range. Now right, guys, that'll wrap it up. Um, again, all my final thoughts and my cheat sheet and my lineup will be out tomorrow, or maybe even later on today. Uh, at uh, on my Twitter at Dame Jackson, it's at D A M E J A C K S O N at Dame Jackson. Cheat sheet out later tonight. Uh, lineup probably out an hour after lock. Uh, good luck. Hope you get hope. This helps somebody take down a massive tournament. That being said. Have a wonderful day. This is the Barbican Curry, and we guys are out.